This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we'll hear from Susie Oaks from Mac Life Magazine, John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, and Bob Dr. Mac Levitas. It's going to be an Apple Incorporated kind of show this week on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> We're introducing Susie Oaks, making a return visit to the Tech Night Out Live. She is now executive editor of Mac Life Magazine. I haven't talked to her for a couple of years. And she's received a promotion. Congratulations to that. But I noticed she's wearing some very interesting sunglasses in the avatar on Skype. And I said to her, hey, are those men in black sunglasses? Yeah, you know, um, when Apple gets their reality distortion field going, I just I slide those glasses down and it flies right over me, just like in men in black. Huh. They can't zap my brain to, to believe everything. Okay, so Apple can't zap your brain and certainly Microsoft can't. I should tell you this because a lot of people know. My license plate on my car says the MIB. Cool. Because it comes from the phrase in the song that Will Smith did for the first movie, we are the MIB, the galaxy protectors. Yes. And on my other radio show, the Paracast, we talk about MIB in quote unquote reality. Hey, what did you think, Susie, about this story that came out, I guess, this week? That Bill Gates is looking to build, instead of a fancy new computer system to rescue Microsoft, a more efficient toilet bowl? I hadn't heard about that. That's fabulous. I mean, he's all about, you know, global health initiatives now. I think that's probably doing a lot more for for the world than just coming up with a, a new way to send email and surf the web. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. It may be, you know, using less water. So we're saving yeah. precious resources. But he's not doing anything to make Microsoft more efficient because that company is bloated, fat. And you have an article over at MacLife magazine at maclife.com. And it's from our old friend Rick Majleski. And yep. I knew him when he was editor at Mac User Magazine in the 90s. Yeah, he gave me my first job in, in the Mac press over at Mac Addict. And he has a column called The Lifer, Microsoft is Teetering on Irrelevancy. My only response is teetering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some people would say that happened a while ago. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because they kind of have lost track of the consumers and you know the mobile space and stuff. And they were sort of relying on business. They still have their number one in, in business and enterprise. But now that that's all changing too, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can they can keep up. Well, part of the problem here with this Windows 8 is it seems to be a consumer-oriented OS, and Microsoft mm -hmm. is depending on those enterprise OEM licenses or licenses from large businesses, and that's not an operating system that you really can sell to the enterprise. Just by being different means they have to spend money for retraining, and companies don't have the money for that anymore. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, company like the the tech companies that are doing well right now are not making money on software licensing. You know, they're making money on hardware. And Microsoft doesn't sell a lot of hardware. They're starting to to, to roll out these surfaces, but we still don't know when they're going to be out, how much they're going to cost, and the the other manufacturers with Android out there with no licensing fees, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, if any of these tablet makers want to make Windows 8 tablets when they could make Android tablets and not have to pay the licensing fee for the OS. Now, what's interesting about the Surface is it was announced a few weeks ago in this rather crazy press media event. Nobody was given more than a few seconds to actually play with one. Mm -hmm. Like somebody who wrote a blog entry said, I wanted to see how well this inside cover keyboard worked so why to type the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog they wouldn't give him enough time to finish yeah and what's worse now and i just looked if you go to microsoft.com slash surface it says they're coming soon and they're bare bones specs no price Mm -hmm. nothing like that they did say during this media event it would ship simultaneously with windows 8 the windows rt version the arm-based tablet which is the end of October. So we're talking about something here that's a little over two months from release. We don't know the price. Nobody outside of Microsoft or maybe some of their partners has actually had extended FaceTime with one. So do I smell vapor? A rather noxious vapor? It kind of does smell like vapor. I mean, I think they'll they'll pull it out at some point, but it's just weird that they haven't set, you know, any bars for themselves. And, you know, why would you come and do this big flashy announcement when you, you don't really have a complete story to tell? It's also weird that they didn't make a lot of decisions. Like a- you know, Apple's got a small product line, but they've it's really thought out. They know what they want you to do with it. And the Surface, I mean, there's two different processor types. Even the the keyboard, there's two different keyboards. We have one that's touch and one that's type. And it's just like they they haven't been able to make clear decisions on what they want this product to be. So they keep having choice A and choice B. And I think that's going to lead to consumer confusion as well. One thing I see in the picture, if you go to Microsoft.com slash Surface, if you go there and you take a look at the product, what you see is... The thing being horizontal mm-hmm. or landscape, it's on that stand, which only works, by the way, for horizontal, not vertical use. So that's the way they're mandating it. Mm-hmm. You've got the keyboard, which looks very much like a flat mini PC keyboard, even with the touchpad. Yeah, They're marketing it as basically a very slim PC alternative, not as a tablet. They're not viewing the tablet Mm-hmm. as a separate product with a separate operating system. They're looking at it as just Windows being grafted into a new processor format. Yeah, and I mean, Apple, Steve Jobs said a couple times that they didn't want to do a touchscreen Mac because the ergonomics of having this, you know, vertically oriented screen that you're reaching up to touch when normally you would reach down to touch a keyboard. It was just an ergonomic nightmare. So it's strange that Microsoft, you know, is doing a touch screen tablet, what most people would see and think, oh, that's a tablet. I want to pick it up and touch it. And all the pictures show it on a desk with this kickstand in kind of a notebook form factor. So I don't know if they don't get it or they think the the public doesn't get it or how that's even going to work. 
work, especially with this kickstand. I mean, it kind of has to be on a table. You're not going to be able to kickstand this thing up on your lap. Or maybe they think you can. Imagine kickstanding this thing on your lap and then putting this keyboard in front of it. And you have to think, wouldn't it be easier just to take a MacBook Air? Yeah. Okay, it's going to weigh a couple of pounds more. But it's a real personal computer being a Mac. Mm-hmm. Also, this was an interesting thing. Steve Ballmer, the CEO of Microsoft, when asked about this, called it some kind of design point. I, they're not really intending to compete with their OEMs, their partner manufacturers. This leads me to believe that this is not being offered as something that would be sold except in limited quantities. It is something that's presented as, hey, guys, you're giving us really lousy concepts for a Windows RT tablet, here's an idea. Why don't you think of something like this? And if you do, we won't build this. He didn't Mm. say that, but that's implied. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see if one of their OEM partners could kind of trump this and then nobody would buy it. And if Microsoft, you know, would be just as happy with that, that if there was a really popular Windows tablet that wasn't the Surface, and this is just an example for, you know, the companies to live up to. People were saying that about the Google Nexus 7, too, that the only, like, really good 7-inch tablet was the Kindle Fire, and that's just so different from, you know, a regular Android tablet. So Google said, hey, you know, we're going to team up with Asus and make this, and this is going to be kind of the benchmark for 7-inch Android tablets. So it seems like it's selling really well. Everyone that I know who has one likes it, and they had trouble keeping it in stock, and So yeah, Microsoft might just be trying to raise the bar. Well, the problem also is what will they sell it for? Somebody on a certain site that I won't mention suggested $199. This is a 10.6-inch tablet. And you have to think with the keyboard and all the extra parts, this is something that's going to cost Microsoft upwards of three or $400 to build. It will have, as a minimum, 32 gigabytes of flash memory. Is Microsoft going to sell the things for half what it pays for it? That has got to be weird. We're having fun, and it's never weird. On the Tech Night Out Live, Susie Oaks for a Mac Life joins us. You know, neighbors, during the summer, it seems like almost everyone is on a different schedule. They have vacations, they have shorter days, and they work remotely. So meeting all your clients and colleagues in person can just be impossible. That's why I recommend go to meeting with HD Faces. It lets you meet face-to-face no matter where you are this summer. Here's how it works. With GoToMeeting by Citrix, it just takes a webcam and a click to collaborate in a group HD video. You can even get an iPad app for it. How about that? Plus, GoToMeeting is so easy to use. You know, our listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. So don't wait for this special offer. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, use the promo code PODCAST. Use the promo code PODCAST at GoToMeeting.com to get a free trial for just 30 days, neighbors. And don't forget that special iPad app. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond its means? Many investors 
investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800-686-2237. Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. In this unpredictable world, disaster can strike anyone. That's why an essential part of any emergency survival plan must be stove in a can. When power goes out and gas lines are down, the portable, safe, easy-to-use stove in a can cooks food up to four hours and boils water in as little as five minutes. Stove in a can comes with everything you need. The stove, fuel, even waterproof matches, all in a compact, durable, heavy-duty container. Plus, the all-natural, non-explosive, 100% waterproof fuel source can be stored indefinitely. Say goodbye to the hassle and danger of propane, lighter fluid, or gas. Stock up now and protect your family with Stove in a Can, starting out at $29.99. Special bundle offers now available with a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Order yours today at StoveInACan.com. That's StoveInACan.com. The summer specials are on at HHA, Herbal Healer Academy. Current customers know this is the time to save big at HerbalHealer.com. And you customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Right now, Herbal Healer's summer specials include our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale, liquid CalMag vitamin D and organic iodine, CoQ10 with Hawthorne, Colon Enhancer, Super 2, Natural Laxative, our exceptional product Tonixin, Memory Power, and Super Male and Vemplex, all on sale for summer at HerbalHealer.com. Also get 10% off on the Herbal Healer Academy Survival Course, information that might save your life. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on to our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy at HerbalHealer.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Susie Oaks of MacLife Magazine joining us. She's executive editor, which means she's in charge of the crew over there. And for those who haven't followed the world of MacLife Magazine, they think about that other magazine every so often. What's the difference? What's the special thing about MacLife? Um, well, we're kind of the, you know, scrappy number two, like, like Apple was, and it's, it's dark times. Um, Macworld's been around since 1984. They have a really big staff. They do an excellent job. They review everything as soon as it's out. All their writers and editors are super smart. I have a ton of respect for them. And we're just kind of, you know, the, the goofy little brother. We try to have a playful attitude. We try to really focus on how-tos and helping people, you know, get the most out of their Apple gear while having a lot of fun. Now, in this world where 
more and more traffic is going digital. How do you differentiate your site from the printed publication? Um, well, the site has more news on it just because, you know, of course, we update it daily. So we can kind of keep track. We sort of curate. We don't do a lot of hard reporting, but we kind of curate what's out there. So if you don't have time to sit and read, you know, Apple News on the web all day like we do, um, we'll tell you what's important and what you shouldn't miss. The site also, you know, lets people talk back to us, of course. And when you're reading a magazine, it's more of like a sitting back, kind of relaxing experience. But the site, you know, if you need to know something right now because you're at your computer doing it, then, you know, people look up how to do things on the site. We also have a really good newsstand product. We've been selling really well on the iPad. So the customers who want to read us digitally, it's only 99 cents an issue on the iPad. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. 99 cents an issue. That's something special. Now, we were talking before about tablets. We mentioned the Kindle Fire and also the Nexus 7, which apparently is doing well, though we don't know how many are being manufactured or how well it's doing. But there have been more and more growing rumors that Apple will jump into the small tablet space with a so-called iPad mini. What's mm -hmm. your take? I think it's going to happen. The rumors, at, at first it was like people kind of throw out any old rumor that might be sort of plausible. Um, and some of them are just, you know, they're working on a new iPhone. Of course they're working on a new iPhone. They're going to keep refreshing the iPhone forever. But a brand new product like the iPad mini it sounded, you know, like one of those wishlist rumors or wouldn't it be cool if they did this? But then the rumors started getting more repetitive and more specific. Now I really think it's reached kind of a critical mass that there there must be something to this. People that have good sources are saying, yeah, I think they're working on this. Um, of course, Apple probably spends tons on R&D and they're probably working on products that we'll never see. But um, but this thing has gotten, it's gotten really specific. People are talking about specific screen sizes, 7.85 inches diagonally with the same 1024 by 768 resolution as the first iPad in a smaller screen. So you would have all the, the apps that were already written for the iPad would not need to be rewritten for this smaller one. So that started to you know, make a lot of sense. So we'll see. I mean, the rumors now are that they're going to do an announcement in September to announce the new phone, and then maybe this you know, will be kind of the, the one more thing that they, they pull out and surprise everybody with. They haven't done a one more thing for years, even when Steve Jobs was still alive and doing the presentation. So it would be nice to see one. Now, according to a spec I saw, 7.85 inches, which is just a shy under 8, that gives you a screen size at 66% that of the full-sized iPad. Mm-hmm. Now... The question would be the price. We have an iPad 2 at 399 and a lot of the cost is, of course, the display. So if Apple could bring it down to, say, 299 or 279 or even 249 they could blow away the low end of the market. Yes, exactly. And there is kind of some room between the, the cheapest iPad you can get right now is you can still get an iPad 2 from Apple for 399 Right. And the cheapest iOS device, period, is the 199 iPod Touch. So there is, you know, about $200 of, of space in there for them to kind of fill in with a new product. And they've done that before with, um, you know, like with the original iPod, it started out as really expensive. And then they kept spinning off smaller models at cheaper price points. And then, you know, the, they used to just have one iPhone and now they've kept around some legacy iPhones at, at cheaper price points. You can get an iPhone for free with a new contract if you're happy with the 3GS. So, so it makes sense for them to do 
do that just to kind of fill in the whole products and keep them on top of of the market because they kind of own the tablet space right now. And I don't think... It's close think, to 70% of the market. Yeah, yeah. So and if it, the Nexus 7 is... 200 and the iPad mini is 250, but they have all the mind share and all the market space. I mean, if, if they're around the same price, I think a lot of people would just pick the iPad because it's the iPad. Well, the thing we also have to bear in mind is that 199 price for the Nexus 7 is a model with a mere 8 gigabytes of memory. If you want 16 gigabytes of memory, you have to go to 249. Mm-hmm. So suddenly the price differential isn't as much. So if Apple even came in at 299 with 16 gigabytes of memory, Suddenly, we're not talking about a big price differential. And remember, too, the Nexus 7 is using a wide screen. Right. Which, therefore, the picture is wide but not as tall. If you're getting the 4-3 aspect ratio of the iPad, there's a lot more space. Yeah. You don't need sandpaper on your fingers. (laughs) Yeah, Steve said that um, when in in an earnings call they were talking about smaller tablets, and he said that they should all come with sandpaper to, to file your fingers down to a third of the size. I think that's definitely something that they would be you know, looking really hard at, and the human interface guidelines that Apple's provided for developers say that any touch target should be a minimum of, of 44 points. So um, if you take the 1024 by 768 screen and shrink it down, the buttons will be about the same size as people are already used to tapping on an iPhone. So it shouldn't be that bad. It might take a little, you know, getting used to. I remember when I started typing on an iPhone, there was definitely a little bit of a learning curve there. So It's funny, in this day and age, my wife has the iPad in the family, and she's learned to use it pretty well. She hasn't really done that much with personal computers, but she loves the iPad, with me, I just use the iPhone and my desktop Mac. Mm-hmm. So I have that kind of navigation. It's more convenient to take that thing into the bedroom at night, and then when I'm watching TV or relaxing, I can pick up the iPhone and get a sense of what email I have, important things I have to take care of, and I don't need to go to something larger unless I have to write more than a few sentences. Yeah. Because I'm getting really good performance from it. But we look, so we have here the iPad Mini or whatever it's going to be called, iPad Nano or whatever designation Apple's going to have for this thing. Then we go back to the main part of the event, and it looks like September 12th is a given. And that is, and the reason I say it's a given is because Jim Dalrymple of The Loop said so. Yeah, he's got amazing He's got sources. amazing sources. He's always right. I've known Jim for years. And three or four years ago, he started this thing where you'd ask him, hey, is Apple going to do this or have this media event? He'll say yes or yep. That's it. Mm -hmm. He never says any more. But he has sources. And every time, I guess he could be wrong one time, but just about every time he's ever said this that I know about, he has been on the button. Susie Oaks is on the button over at MacLife Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network.
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. That bears repeating. Digestive health is the key to wellness and elimination of toxins. And Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse is the key to digestive health. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic, strong enough to cleanse, gentle enough to use every day. Pro-EM-1 is dairy, wheat, and soy-free, contains all natural and certified organic ingredients, contains no preservatives or animal products, supports a healthy digestive and immune system, supports weight loss, improves absorption, Absorption of food nutrients, aids in controlling yeast infections, is never freeze-dried, and uses three groups of live, viable, beneficial microbes to cleanse and remove toxins. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganics.com. Spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com. Terraganics.com. Or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Pro-EM-1, the raw probiotic. We've all heard the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover, a wise saying for sure. Now apply that wisdom to nutrition. Don't judge milk by the animal. Camel milk, the best kept health secret ever. See for yourself at camelmilkforsale.com and look for the summer camel milk special. Loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk, camel milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk. 10 times higher in iron. Plus, it contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking camel milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm, shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to camelmilkforsale.com now and look under products and pricing for the summer special with free bonus pints. That's camelmilkforsale.com. Alex Jones here with a great way to beat the blackouts, get off the grid, and generate your own supply of electrical power. Folks, with what's been going on in this country, I don't have to tell you about the power grid and just how vulnerable it is. That's in the mainstream news every day. Millions of people have lost their power in the last few weeks because of dangerous storms and killer heat that's pushing the grid beyond its capacity. I've always said that every family needs to be ready for blackouts. And if you don't have a backup system in place, I've got a great opportunity for you. Right now, our good friends at Solutions from Science are offering huge savings on their best-selling Power Hub unit. In fact, I think it's the best deal I've ever seen them make. It's literally thousands of dollars in savings. Remember, these backup systems don't need gas because they're solar-powered. That means there's no dangerous fumes and no noise. InfoWars listeners can get all the details at BeatTheBlackouts.com. That's BeatTheBlackouts.com.
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. Susie Oaks from MacLife Magazine, MacLife.com, or go to your favorite newsstand. There's also an iPad version for 99 cents a copy. And one of the big differences with MacLife from the days of Mac Addict, in those days, it used to give you, for a rather high purchase price, a free CD or DVD. Remember that? Yes, I do. Those were the days, and it came in a bag, and it was flopping around down there, and we had a little card, so if you wanted to you know, put it in a jewel case, you could cut out the little the liner. So you had a little craft project with every issue, too. Oh, we always need the craft projects. I mean, yes. What's life like? Because these <laughs> days, would you think here, as we get in projections, we'll get to the iPhone 5 in a moment, that when Apple introduces the next generation of desktop computers, what about an iMac? Do you think they'll kill the optical drive on that too, or does it not make sense on a more mainstream desktop computer? Yeah, there was a rumor just this week, I think, that somebody found something buried in the code, maybe in the code about that disk sharing thing, where if you have a Mac Mini or a MacBook Air that doesn't have an optical drive, you can borrow the optical drive of another computer on the same network. So I could throw a disk in my iMac and rip it on my my MacBook Air. Sure, but what if the iMac doesn't have an optical drive, the next one? Right. So someone found some code in in there that seemed to suggest an, an, an unreleased iMac and even an unreleased Mac Pro version that might not have an optical drive. So we'll see. I mean, I don't really use mine that much. I haven't gotten software on a disk in a while. So... For me, it wouldn't matter that much, but I know like, like people that maybe aren't as nerdy, like I helped my father-in-law buy a Mac recently, and I was trying to help him decide between the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air, and he ended up with a 13-inch MacBook Pro because he couldn't even wrap his head around the idea of, I can't just you know pop a DVD in my, my computer and, and watch a movie. But he, I think he wouldn't you know, get into the... the concept of an external dvd drive yeah that would just be you know another thing to plug in and and the machines are you know so portable and so self-contained that that just kind of feels unnatural Um, so i'm not really sure how that's going to work people like all the entertainment's going digital the software distribution is all going digital so apple might decide that hey it's time they've they've never been you know about dragging along legacy technology just for tradition's sake so if anyone was going to do it it would be apple but it'll be interesting to see you know how the public re- reacts and if if they start selling tons and tons of externals or if people just are ready to leave the optical drive behind i guess they already know that with the macbook air because the external drive has been available for a couple of years. So what they do with the MacBook Pro with Retina display, they ditch the optical drive, which yeah. is one way to make it a lot thinner, one way to cut a little bit of the cost, but you also have to think that the Retina display is expensive. Now, if we're getting to a desktop iMac with or without optical drive, do you think Apple would risk the possible really higher cost of a retina display, or can they even produce those in quantity in 27 inches? They're having enough trouble, I guess, with a 15-inch model, which just caught up with demand this week. So would they do it with a 27-inch model, or does it make sense? Because traditionally, you know, with a notebook computer, you tend to bring it closer mm-hmm. to your eyeballs. 
with a 27-inch computer, because of the size of the screen, you're moving it back a little bit to fill your field of vision. So the difference with a retina display isn't as drastic, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I was a little surprised that they took the 15 retina first. I thought they would start with, you know, the smaller screens, maybe the 13, and then roll up to the 15 and maybe roll back to the 11. I think the IMAX will be the last to go retina just because of the size and the cost. I mean, I have the Thunderbolt display on my desk, which is a beautiful display, but it's so expensive. I mean, when we, we have a hard time recommending it in the magazine sometimes because it's just you can get a display from any other company for half the price. But then you also have to look 27 inches, like I said, your field of vision. You can't mm-hmm. just put it straight up close. It's going to be what? foot and a half, two feet away from you. Yeah, so then the dots per inch to actually, you know, achieve what Apple calls retina, you wouldn't need as many dots per inch, but you also don't want to have a bunch of really weird display ratios because then, you know, all the windows and stuff will be odd sizes that people So it has to, to be like it is now, which is four times as many pixels, so it's twice the measurements horizontal and vertically, and that gets to be expensive, and you also have to consider the graphics hardware. Right now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the graphics hardware... Um, the MacBook Pro with the Retina display can just about keep up. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's got the, the discrete graphics card that it switches between automatically for you. I got to test one for a while. I had to send it back, but it was great. I never, I never had any, any problems with, you know, waiting and beach balls and stuff. It was, it was awesome. No, they managed to handle it pretty well. And supposedly the graphics drivers for Mountain Lion are faster. I saw one test where they were 5 or 10% faster. And I'm seeing that as well with Mountain Lion, where, for example, one of the apps that we use for production of the show is something called Amadeus Pro. Mm-hmm. This is from Martin Herrer, a UK-based developer. It's a really good product. We also use Sound Studio. And we stopped using Peak Pro because the company that built it, Bias Incorporated, is out of business, sad to say. So with Amadeus Pro... You're able to move an audio track within the timeline, kind of like you do in GarageBand. Mm-hmm. Now, under Lion, that movement was very ragged. With Mountain Lion, because it's depending on the graphics hardware, the movement is smooth as silk. First Great. thing I noticed when I went to Mountain Lion. Yeah, Mountain Lion's been treating me pretty well, too. It's got a lot of little under-the-hood things that just make the operating system kind of get out of your way, and you're just you know doing what you're doing without feeling the resistance. It's unlike opposite of Windows 8, where you're stuck with something that just gets in your face, and if you click the wrong thing, suddenly you're in kind of an abbreviated version of the traditional Windows desktop without a start menu. And to get back to Metro, you have to, it's really crazy, you got to either tap or move your cursor to the lower left hand of the screen, which brings up a pop-up. It's a hot spot that brings up a pop-up that shows you the way to go back to your tile display. The interface formerly known as Metro. You heard this, didn't you, Susie, where Microsoft can't call it Metro because there's a conflict with a German retailer called Metro AG. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. That's unfortunate for them. So we have the situation here where we have the interface formerly known as Metro, and now Microsoft is referring to it as Modern UI. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that sexy and just memorable, modern UI? We've got the new Windows 8 operating system with modern UI. It's just going to grab you in the face. 
Yeah, it's too bad that they didn't check that out ahead of time. Um, we were or maybe they thought they could get the trademark. You know, Apple did that, of course, with iPad. They licensed a trademark, and they had another lawsuit recently from the same company. And then Apple licensed iPhone from Cisco. So right. Apple doesn't care. If Apple's going to use a name, they have enough money to just take those thick wads of cash and make the right deals. But you think Microsoft's got a lot of cash too? I mean, they spend billions of dollars on wasted R&D and they can't just license a name? I mean, it seems that Microsoft really has a lot of difficulty in finding compelling, sexy names for their product. Like, for example, their new tablet, they call it the Surface. Why? Well, they didn't have to find the trademark anywhere else. They owned it for a different product. We were joking around the office that they should call it Metrish, like Metro-ish, or also Metron, because anything cool has the word Tron in the name. Isn't Metron a licensed name for something? Um, probably. Maybe. I don't know. See, if I worked at Microsoft, I would know, but... Yeah, it's too bad that they didn't they didn't license that before they'd made their big flashy announcement. Metron is a scientific consulting company dedicated to solving challenging problems in national defense through the development and application I'm reading the this is the place. <laughs> application of advanced mathematical methods. So there is a Metron scientific solutions company. Oh, okay. See, there's also it's such a, a cool Metron. Name. It makes sense that someone would be using it already. There is also Metron as a character created by Jack Kirby for his fourth World Series in DC Comics. He was based on Leonard Nimoy as Spock. Oh, cool. So Metron is a comic book where Jack Kirby was one of the comic artists who created Spider Man. So Metron is taken. Oh, I'm okay. sorry about that. This is not taken. This is the Tech Night Out Live. We're talking to Susie Oaks from Mac Life. More to come. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP 
is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. What's the difference in all these online emergency food stores? The difference is Deseret. DeseretFoodStores.com has the best price on a one-year supply of restaurant-style gourmet food starting at just $695 for 875 servings. For the highest quality food with a 30-year shelf life, experience the Deseret difference at DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, or call 801-444-1444. DeseretFoodStore.com, food for now, food for life. In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Susie Oaks of Mac Life, and we've been ragging on Microsoft because they deserve it. Now, Microsoft (laughs) should also be given a spanking because of a statement by the Mac Business Unit that goes back to the time that Lion shipped in July of 2011. So Microsoft says soon, maybe months, not weeks, going to release an update for Office 2011 supporting three basic Lion features, full-screen apps, autosave, and version. Now, a few of the apps as of today support full-screen, but not Outlook. But none of the others, and Microsoft, as far as I can see, has reneged on that on that promise. It's not happening. Yeah, yeah, that's weird that they're still talking about catching up with Lion when Apple's got a new operating system out. So right now they're still trying to figure what to do about Lion, and <laughs> Apple is already a step ahead of them. Yeah, they're not even selling Lion anymore. That's also unfortunate. You need Lion, you can't run Mountain Lion. 
and you have one of the older Macs at camp. My son has a black MacBook from 2008. That's yes. just shy of the line of demarcation for MacBooks. The next MacBook would work. That one, he could run Lion, never upgrade. Say he wanted Lion, he has it already. Say he wanted Lion. If say he wanted to get a copy today, he didn't download Lion. He can't buy it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a snag because they're doing, you know, the the all digital through the Mac App Store and the day that Mountain Lion went up, Lion just kind of disappeared. Um and they only gave you kind of a day's notice. Um there was a the earnings call the day before and you know, Apple put out a release and they also mentioned it on the earnings call, oh, we're really looking forward to releasing Mountain Lion tomorrow. So unless you're just such an Apple follower that you pay attention to every press release and earnings call, you might not realize, oh, I'm having you know, I'm running a Mac that can't run mountain lion if i want to upgrade from snow leopard to lion i have 24 hours to get that done and then it's not going to be in the store anymore so that was really weird they were also selling lion on usb sticks for a little while because um people you know were afraid of not having a boot disc to boot from like they always did when when the os's came on dvds so but i guess they're not going to do that with mountain lion they 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 said um, flat out that you know nobody was really buying them for lions so i wonder if they still have some of those kind of behind the counter at an apple store you could still get one i'm not really sure i also wonder if they have any arrangement if you go to an apple genius and you say look my computer can't run mountain lion why can't i have lion they wouldn't find a way to get it for you yeah or i mean they should know like if you're running the mac app store on a snow leopard mac maybe you know i know you can upgrade from snow leopard right to mountain lion if your hardware supports it but it seems like they should be able to tell and kind of just you know turn on on lion for those people turn on the option to buy it you'd have to wonder why apple does that why apple does some things like for example they removed web sharing from Mountain Lion, the ability to run your own web server. It's still there. I mean, you could use command line instructions to do it. There are third-party apps that will bring it back up. But why get rid of it? What's the sense in that? Where's the logic in that, as Mr. Spock said? Yeah, that's weird. I mean, maybe they try to figure out kind of, well, they're adding more features. They also want you know to take away some of the lesser use features, so it doesn't end up with just this huge clutter of menus and kind of a Microsoft Office kind of paradigm where there's just so much going on that you have to really hunt for the things you want. So maybe they're just trying to you know keep everything streamlined, and they didn't think people were using that that much, so they you know they they left it there but kind of hid it. That would be my guess. I'm not really sure. I think a one line preference. In system preferences under sharing, yeah, is not anything so severe that it would cause people not to be able to figure out what's going on. That's true. Yeah, they should bring that back. Maybe it'll come back in dot one or something. Right. Well, there are reports they're testing dot one now, so we'll have to see. Have you guys over at MacLife discovered any problems with the battery life on notebooks since going to Mountain Lion? Um, I haven't. I end up being plugged in a lot of the day, so I might not be a typical uh, notebook user, but we haven't we haven't really seen any big drop off. We've heard from a couple of readers that they thought that was a problem um, with, you know, older, older notebooks um, that, you know, can run Mountain Lion, but seem to be, you know, limping under it a little bit. So well, I'm thinking in terms of battery life, not performance. Right. Yeah, there was a report by one of the sites that tested the MacBook Pro with Retina display, going from Lion to Mountain Lion, battery life went down about a third. 
Oh, wow. That much? Yeah. But then if we remember, do you remember iOS 5? Mm-hmm. And the first few months it was out, battery life on the iPhone 4 and 4S was really limited to a substantial degree, and Apple released a couple of maintenance updates to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully they'll do that. They have, I think they've seeded a new build to the developers, so hopefully that'll roll out to the public soon. Right. We have to think there's a 10.8.1 in our future, which is inevitable because right. – Anyway, from three or four weeks after a new OS comes out, there will inevitably be the maintenance update, and that will contain all the fixes for the worst ills of the operating system. Let's go back before we let you go to the rumors of an iPhone 5. What do we know so far? Um, so far, people have been talking about a, a bigger screen, but maybe not a substantially bigger handset. Like they might just uh, reduce the the space above and below the screen right now, kind of shrink that a little bit. Um, and then the, the weirdest thing that it's hard to wrap our heads around is they might be getting rid of the dock connector, which has been around for, you know, 10 years now or more. And they might be going to a totally different connector. So any, you know, docking cables and dock accessories you have would need to be upgraded or replaced or, you know, slapped with an adapter. So that'll be really interesting to see if, if you know, they do that, if they go with something standard or if they come up with a, a new thing all their own. Now, the one thing I noticed in some of the rumors about this so-called nine-pin mini dock adapter is that you could insert it either way it's not something where you have to place it one way or it doesn't connect that would and be i think fabulous. of that when it's really dark i'm struggling to get my dock connector into the iphone or the ipad and because you can't feel it you can't feel the label on the edge of the pin yeah you just see it and it's very very light gray so you can't really see it yeah i guess you could look at the way the pins are oriented and maybe figure it out or just guess and push it in gently if it doesn't work i'll turn it the other way but do you have to think if i push it in too much and it's the wrong way could i break it i don't know anyway we also moved to one other rumor which is lte the faster network architecture that cell phone companies are providing nowadays the situation there is that the lte chips so far have been more power hungry so What's Apple going to do? Have a bigger battery, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, th- that's probably one of the reasons if they, you know, they are going to ditch the dock connector is because it's it's so big, and they try to you know reduce the size of everything we've heard about, like a nano SIM, um, just shrinking anything they can possibly shrink, and then you know, taking up the extra space with with a bigger battery. Um, the iPad when it went. LTE, um, it didn't really. We didn't see much of a, a battery life effect, but the iPad, you know, has the most room inside for for a battery. They still made it thicker, or thicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they still just, made it a tad heavier. Yeah, but then that's also partly because the Retina display may also be thicker. Apple supposedly is moving to something called in-cell technology, which briefly means the touchscreen and the LCD are one. Because they are one, I suppose they are thinner. Because they are one, I suppose they could be lighter. Both give Apple better space and better capability of adding a thicker battery. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's it's pretty definite that the battery will have to get bigger because you know as the the, the components demand more power, um, you know that's really the only solution. So so I'm sure that's what the engineers are working very hard on is shrinking everything down and compacting it as much as possible so they can jam in a bigger watt hour battery. We'll have to see how this jams up. <laughs> Or they can call it the iPhone Jam because they have to jam everything inside of there. <laughs> How about that for a name? The iPhone Jam. On the headline, introducing it. Or will it be the new iPhones to have the iPhone 5? What is Apple going to do with names? I bet it'll names? just be the new iPhone. That seems like the trend. Okay. Susie Oaks, tell our listeners where they can find more of the things you do. Um, yeah. Check us out at MacLife.com on, on the App Store and the, in the newsstand. So many places, so little time. That's MacLife.com. And they have everything on their site, but they also have a printed magazine. You can buy it at the newsstands. It's neat. It's easy to read. And it's different. Susie Oaks, thanks for joining us this week on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks, Gene. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. We've lived in this neighborhood for years. We have an alarm system and all of our doors have deadbolts. They kicked in our door and were in and out of our house in about five minutes. The police arrived in about 20 minutes, but they were long gone with our TV, jewelry, and my guns. I kept thinking, what if my family had been home? The police officer said that more than 85% of break-ins are through a door and that deadbolts alone don't stop intruders. The officer told me to go to EZArmor.com if we wanted something that would actually stop an intruder. EZ Armor reinforces all of the weak points on your doors and is guaranteed to prevent kick-ins. I was surprised at how little EZ Armor costs, and I installed EZ Armor in about 30 minutes. Visit EasyArmor.com. That's the letters E-Z-A-R-M-O-R.com. Or call 888-58-ARMOR. That's 888-582-7667. EasyArmor.com. Ultimate door security made easy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I want to remind you, neighbors, that this portion of the Tech Night Out Live is brought to you by Friendly Integration. They're the makers of the Eyeballs line of unique iPad cases and accessories. 
You know, Eyeballs provides ultimate drop protection for parents with young children, educators, and clumsy adults like me. Learn more at www.eyeballs.info. That's I-B-A-L-L-Z. That's with a Z. Eyeballs.info. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL to earn yourself a 20% discount. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer is joining us again on the Tech Night Owl Live. This week, an interesting article came out in the Wall Street Journal about Apple TV and the potential for Apple TV. So let me tell you what you've probably heard already on the Tech Night Owl Live and on TechNightOwl.com. So I raised the argument here. They were talking about whether Apple should produce a TV set. And one of the arguments for that is that TV sets right now, it's a saturated market. TV set makers aren't making a lot of money from what they have. What can Apple bring to the party? Just a fancy interface? That's not enough. What about fancy sound? Well, Bose has some fancy TV sets for $5,000 and above with tricked-out sound. So maybe not that. So what about the Apple TV set-top box? Some suggested, well, Apple's talking with the entertainment companies to produce some kind of subscription service. problem with subscription TV is that there is a bandwidth cap to contend with on your local ISP. Most have bandwidth caps. Even if they say unlimited, there's a hidden bandwidth cap. And if you're running high-definition TV, six, eight hours a day on your TV set streamed, it's not going to take long before your ISP says stop. You know, they may give you a warning. They may stop your service. Some are notorious for saying if you do it too many times, you can't use a service for a year. They don't want you using a lot of bandwidth, especially if they're giving up and losing service for TV. So I said, you know what? Maybe Apple would make the Apple TV a front end for your cable or satellite provider. In such a way, maybe the cable or satellite providers would provide an app for that. They'd have to make deals between Apple and the cable providers. Got very little response about that. I've mentioned it a few times on the show, in com, as I said. And now this week, the Wall Street Journal says what? You saw that article, right, John? I did. Yeah, and it really set me off. Do you remember a few years ago when Steve was alive, Steve Jobs, people asked him from time to time or at the uh, earnings call, they would ask Peter Oppenheimer, what are you going to do with your $30 billion that you have in the bank? Steve said that we are keeping our powder dry. We're looking for an opportunity. And so people expected Apple to... Uh, use that money in a big way. And we were all waiting for Steve to pull a rabbit out of the hat and say, okay, we've finally got enough money now. We have $30 billion or 40 or $50 billion in the, in as cash assets and, and short-term securities or wherever, even if some are overseas, we still have plenty of money available to us to pop the big surprise and do something important. And so people talked about, you know, Apple buying Disney or buying Time Warner, getting some inroads into the market they so desperately want to be a player in. Well, now here we are a few years later, and Apple has over $100 billion in assets. Having the money in the bank seems to be an end in itself. And now Apple's in these sort of weird negotiations with uh, content providers uh, begging to be able to do some carrying of their content and so on and not really willing to give a whole lot according to the GigaOM report and at the mercy of an industry that they so desperately want to be into. Companies talk about being vertically integrated. Uh, Apple's well vertically integrated in manufacturing hardware and software. So here's Apple. They're very experienced at delivering content to us. They desperately want to sell us movies and and they want to cash 
stuff in the iCloud and they want to sell us music. So, so Apple's turned into a really strong content delivery company, but now they want to take the next step. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to, like a camel nose under the tent, they're trying to wiggle their way in one more step, trying to maneuver, get their way without giving up a whole lot and still keep all their money in the bank. What could one do with $20 billion out of $100 billion? You could do an awful lot. You could buy an awful lot of rights. You could buy a movie studio. You could buy a television network. You could buy Time Warner and still have all your money left over. But what really annoys me is, is that Apple doesn't seem to want to spring on that big vision. And I'm sure, you know, I hate to bring this up. And it's a running joke at TMO where we say, well, you know, Steve never would have done that. <laughs> But it occurs to me that Steve was waiting for the big opportunity and he was going to jump. And now I look at Apple and I see these kind of meager attempts to, to wiggle their way in more and more and to you know, make the Apple TV more respectable and get more content. But they're not willing to spend the big money that they have and they could use to their great advantage. It's your contention then that if Apple put up enough money, they could solve all these problems. On the other hand, it doesn't make sense to buy the entire cable industry. It does no, make it sense to no. try to make more lucrative contracts with the content providers. Sure. But Apple, at the end of the day, still has to make a profit or at least break even so that they can sell more hardware. Just That's giving true. money away, Apple will not just put money on the table without a return. Well, Apple's captured a lot of money. You know, the quality of their products means that people are willing to pay extra because of the Apple geniuses and the retail stores and the quality of the products. People recognize the value in the products, and so Apple's been able to collect a lot of money. So now Apple should be equally willing to spend some of that money when it's going to help them sell more hardware. Don't you think? The statement by itself sounds sensible, but now we're looking at what Apple's alternatives are. So even if they offer a streaming service, as I said, they run into bandwidth cap. There's going to be a new video codec next year that's going to offer the same quality with half the size of the files. That helps, makes data transfer more efficient. But we're still at the end of the day left with the problem that if Apple got all the entertainment providers in one room and said, okay, we got a deal, they hammer out the deal, whatever it is, they're still at the end of the day put up against the bandwidth cap from the ISPs. I don't so, know that that's such a big problem, Gene. I, I recently read an article about Comcast. You know, there used to be a, a pretty firm 300 gigabyte per month limit from Comcast, and you'd get a letter from them if you exceeded that. Comcast found that that was pissing their customers off, and they, they've kind of come up with a better technique. My wife and I watch a lot of Netflix movies, and we watch Apple TV movies for rent streaming and I end up with, you know, 50, 60 gigabytes a month. How many uh, hours a day do you watch that streaming stuff? Let's get down to that. I would say maybe an hour a day, Person. 60 gigabytes a month. Okay, 60 gigabytes. So if you're watching six hours a day, it's 360 gigabytes. Well, I don't think anybody really thinks that they, they should do. be watching continuous but they content. Are. They are. It's more like a la carte stuff. You know, there's a mix and match kind of thing. You know? I understand that, but... The average person watches TV more than that. What if you have more than one TV in the family? You see what I'm well, saying? I, yeah. I don't see I, that it works. Even I don't. I don't think Apple should be in the business of buying somebody like Comcast. But you know, well, yeah, we have, Apple. Wants, we're not talking about buying Comcast. We're talking about the practical limitations of bandwidth. So at the end of the day, rather than do that and compete 
for bandwidth with a company that used to offer TV, but now Apple's taking it away. The report says, you know what? Apple's going to make a deal with these people. I don't just make Apple TV the front end. It's going to be the new TiVo. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Apple had the discussions. I think they're going to go the way the iTunes situation went. I think the network executives are very crafty, and they know that they have a lot of outlets, and they're making a lot of money. They're making money from Redbox. They're making money from Ultraviolet. They're making money from Blu-ray sales by you know distributing through Dish and DirecTV and the cable companies. They, they know they have a lot of outlets, and they're making a lot of money. You don't think Apple would make a deal uh, well, with cable and satellite? A bit. I, I think they're going to give uh, Apple a little bit, not as much as Apple wants. If it's in the industry's best interests to make a little bit of more incremental revenue for Apple while keeping Apple under control and not giving Apple great inroads and an opportunity to make life difficult for their other partners, then they're going to do that. Yeah, but if Apple has a subscription service with lots of content, ain't so easy. Let's talk about that in a moment. A reminder, this portion of the Tech Night How Live was brought to you by Friendly Integration. They make the Eyeballs line of unique iPad cases and accessories. Learn more at eyeballs.info. That's I-B-A-L-L-Z with a Z. Eyeballs.info. Promo code Tech Night Owl gets you a 20% discount. More coming on the Tech Night Owl Live. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockwood, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. 
Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. Now when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics. Life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. John Martellaro of the Mac Observer joining the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. We're discussing what Apple might do with regard to the Apple TV published reports about Apple going to the cable and satellite providers, but you still feel there's room to deal with the people who make the product, the entertainment companies. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, content is king, as they say, and Apple has the money to buy content. So if you come to the table and you're trying to do the normal Apple thing where you amaze everybody and everybody comes flocking to you and people are cutting their cords and, and they're, they're saying how wonderful Apple TV is and Comcast is terrible and, and Dish Network is terrible, and, and, and Apple isn't going to get there because they're going to be kept at arm's length by the industry. So what Apple has to do is say, all right, we really want this really bad. We have the money. We're going to have to spend some of it. You know, when you have $100 million, spending $40 million to help your company doesn't seem like a big deal. But when you have $100 billion, spending $5 billion seems to be awfully scary. And it seems like the more money you have, the more you want to kind of hold on to it. Unless but you're Microsoft. Microsoft <laughs> blows money like there's no tomorrow. And for them, well, they may Apple's, not be. 
I think Apple's influenced by that. I think they see all the money that Google has spent and that Microsoft has spent, and they had to. Microsoft recently had to write off what was it, six billion dollars last quarter on a company that that they bought and didn't go well. So Apple's kind of that company, by the way, that, that purchase was for an online advertising company. Right. At the same time, Google bought another company for half as much. And that deal worked pretty fine, so Microsoft didn't do so well. In any case, let's move on here. We're going to have to see what's going to happen. It was interesting to me, the new announcement in the Wall Street Journal, only because it tended to lend credence to one of my speculations. So there goes the ego. All right, let's move on to some other subjects here. Apple Mail. You love it, you hate it, sounds to me like you hate it. You know, I'm one of those Eudora refugees. If you've been reading my... uh my stuff at the Mac Observer, you've seen me use that term, uh, Eudora refugee. I think there are many of us out there, both you know, normal, everyday customers and, and uh, some of us writers. Uh, I know Erica Sadun at, at Tua is uh, also a Eudora refugee. There was a time when we loved our mail apps. Uh, there was a I'll time. I'll tell you something, just to be very quick about it. Yeah. I never used Eudora that much. I never got into it. I'm sorry. Well, go. it was very popular for a long time. It I was know one it of those, was. In those days when you could pay for an app and money was being put in development and Steve Dorner had a beta testing team. I was on the beta testing team. Money and talent and time meant that it kept continuously being improved. And that made it a really, really nice app. Apple comes along and starts giving away uh, mail and all of a sudden for sale mail apps dry up. Um, there's no money to be made in the market. And uh, so we went through this long, dry desert of a period where you only had built two real choices. Outlook before that entourage, if you were kind of a geeky business person, or you know Apple Mail if you were just a, a normal user. But as we know, Apple tries to keep things very simple and easy and elegant for their everyday customers. Out of the box, they can set up email. But if you have special needs or you're very technical and you want a serious email program, they've been kind of hard to come by. And that's why I think there was some popularity with Sparrow. And this this long, dry period has resulted in some some new efforts. Uh, you know, the Sparrow team came along and gave us an alternative. There is a fellow in Germany uh, who is uh, developing something called Dot Mail, which I'm pretty enthusiastic about. Uh, so I, I think there are developers who are saying, well, you know, I see where Apple's going. You know, they're, they're keeping it really simple. Uh, Apple Mail is never going to really be in, in a serious technical email program for the, for the writers and the, and the commercial enterprise people who are working at home. So there's money to be made in catering to that market. And so there's this resurgence, and, and it's, it's high time because if you think about our basic email app, it hasn't changed in 20 years. You know, you've got an inbox, you've got folders, you've got filters. You know, there haven't been any really, really breakthroughs, and I don't expect Apple to spend any money on trying to make the next big thing in email technology. The refinements have been minor. Yes. Like the VIP mailbox, which is just kind of like a smart mailbox with the names of the people you flagged. You know, everything is kind of minor in the scheme of things. They don't interfere with the basic fundamentals of an email app. They don't go anywhere else. Right. And and so this new program that uh, I think his name is, uh, let me get this right here. It's uh, Tobias von Schneider. I think he's in Germany. And there is uh, an article at the next web about uh, .mail. 
and uh, he's got some nice ideas. You know, he's, he's he understands the issues. There's a there's a story about uh, how what he's what he's trying to do. How you can prioritize your email. You can tag your emails. You can create action steps. You can get better access to your attachments. You know, if, if you've got an attachment buried somewhere that you know you really liked, how do you find the attachment? Well, you have to kind of search on the email text to figure out who sent it or what the subject line was, and then you might be able to recover the associated attachment. Well, the other problem that's also difficult here is that you can, if you know the name of the attachment, search for it, if you know the name. If you know the name. Well, Tobias is going to do something different. He's going to make attachments to be something in themselves so that they're more easy, more visible, more easy to search, you know, an entire window of, uh, of attachments that you can sort and search and, and so on. So there's, what I'm seeing is a little bit of new thinking there in the .mail project. I, I hope uh, I get a chance to be a beta tester. He said it's not going to cost a bunch more than, you know, a hamburger and fries and a Coke. So uh, that'll be nice, too. Keep us posted about this. I will. Well, today, what's your favorite email app? Well, I don't have a favorite. I grudgingly use Apple Mail because it um, is uh, probably the least of the evils. Um, but um, I, I keep hoping for something better. There was a time when I was going to switch to Outlook uh, right before Lion came out, and there was some issues with Outlook uh, in migrating to Lion, and I asked Microsoft about them. And they could not address the issues. They just weren't technically able to tell me, you know, what was going to happen and what was going to go on there. So I, I held Outlook at arm's length. Been using Lion now for a while, and then I kind of lost interest in switching to Outlook. Well, let me give you the problems that they had with Lion. One is they could not import the accounts from Lion, mail for Lion. Ah, uh, you can the now. There's a utility that does that. Just well, there is. Okay, the well, day. that's fine. They couldn't import the accounts. Yeah. Well... You know, you can recreate them. Outlook messed up IMAP folders to a fairly well, really messed them up in some of the early releases. The first couple of releases were so unstable you couldn't run it. If you had large email boxes, the thing would quit on you. It was a mess, not for everybody, but a mess. Microsoft has gone through a couple of iterations, and when Lion came out in July of 2011, Microsoft's Mac business unit makes a promise. What was that promise? Well, I'll tell you whether they kept the promise or did not keep their promise in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. 
The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. My name is Leslie, and I've had depression since I was a child. After being on Prozac for 20 years, I got onto the One World Way, and my need for Prozac was reduced by 50% within a few months. Now, after less than one year, I am completely off of Prozac. I learned that mercury is a toxin that causes brain damage and depression. By taking One World Way, I know that I've detoxified my brain of mercury and excess glutamate, and I'm now functioning with this dramatic improvement in my mood. The power to change your life lies, in part, in the power you have to change your body's chemistry. Through diet and supplementation, you have the power to change your body's chemistry to support dramatic improvements in health and happiness. Nature has been, and always will be, mankind's first and only pharmacy to choose from. Change your chemistry and change your life with One World Way. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. The worst drought in 50 years continues, and the first six months of 2012 marks the hottest half year on record. 78% of the Midwest Corn Belt is in drought conditions. Not only corn, but soy, alfalfa, fruits, vegetables, and wheat are all impacted, raising prices. The cost to feed livestock is forcing farmers and ranchers out of business, blowing up your food prices. The only strategy to counter this is to freeze your food cost at today's prices by getting your own supply of foods from eFoods Direct now. As the price of raw ingredients increases, eFoods will have to raise prices too. Now is the time to get your supply. I recently increased my supply from eFoods Direct because we have all known this was coming. You know about their delicious long-term storable foods. The fact is you can eat at any time to save money today. And because it stores for 25 years, you're locking in today's prices and avoiding the rising food cost. Don't wait. Call 800-409-5633 or go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoods Direct. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Microsoft made a promise in July of 2011 
that not in weeks but in months they would make the Office 2011 apps compatible with Lion. Well, in July of 2012, we have Mountain Lion. And what has Microsoft done? Well, some of the apps support full screen mode. Microsoft promised autosave and version, but never did it. And to this day, they're not going to tell you when it's going to happen. And you have to think, Microsoft has a lot more programmers on staff than Apple does. They've got 200 people, some odd, working for the Mac business unit, and they can't figure out how to make their app fully compatible with OS 10.8. What's going on here, John? I've been I've been reading some articles lately about how, you know, for the first time it's it's realistic and practical that we can get along without Word and PowerPoint. There might be some business people who are still, you know, tied to uh, Excel, but they're probably going to be using it on a PC or inside parallels. Uh, the advent of the iPad, the post-PC era, uh, the maturity of the iWork apps all have seemed to me combined to take some of the necessity out of having Word. It used to be maybe five years ago when you wouldn't dream about buying a new Mac and making sure you had the latest version of Microsoft Office for Mac on your machine. It was just so essential. Nowadays, I'm kind of feeling like, you know, that's not so true anymore. Okay. Now, let's move on a little bit further here with some other possibilities. Of course, Microsoft, we're going to see in a couple of months or so, Windows 8, we'll have less to say about that. Let's move on to another topic, shall we? And that topic is thermonuclear war, Apple versus Samsung versus Motorola versus anyone. You know, this trial is taking place in Northern California. Judge Coe has been asking Apple and Samsung to settle. As we talk, we haven't seen anything happen. The trial wraps up this coming week. You'll be hearing the show a couple of days after Apple will supposedly talk to Samsung to straighten things out. What's your take on thermonuclear war? Well, that is a reference to a Steve Jobs comment that he made about writing the wrong of uh, Android. And it's a very rich subject. To first order, uh, you might argue that the thermonuclear war is the uh, taking Samsung to court. Others have argued that that's just phase one of a larger campaign. Uh, and, and the rest of the campaign involves, you know, removing Google Maps uh, from iOS and, and uh, eliminating all dependence on, on Google products. But in any case, what's happened is, is that uh, if you look at the headlines, uh, any of the major Mac websites, it's all about this lawsuit. And I can't help feeling that, that even though a good CEO keeps his plates spinning, and attends to all those things, product design and, and internal issues and leadership and, and presentations um, and money and pipeline and products and engineering. Uh, this legal battle has to uh, divert everyone's focus. And, and, you know, Apple executives are only human and, and the readers are being deluged by this too. And it all kind of percolates throughout the community as this, this focus on Samsung and the competitor. And in that light, I ran across an article at uh, The Directive by Sina Sharp, whose thesis, and this was in 2010, well before the Samsung lawsuit got into high gear, called Competitors, Forget About Them, 
How too much focus on your competition can throw your company off course. And in that article, she was praising Apple for not paying too much attention to the competition, following its own inner light and, and moving forward with its own vision. So then two years later, all of a sudden, Apple seems to be really focused, uh, at least in the, in the legal side of it. And like as I said, it has to affect the executive team on the competition and who's copied who and who owns what's patents and what's ours and what's yours and what we have to pay and what's Fran and what has to be licensed and and how does your product copy ours and, and presentations in court by uh, Apple people uh, talking about how uh, you copied us and, and so on. And, and the net result of that is, is that you can spend an inordinate amount of time focusing on your competition. And when you do that, you lose a little bit of focus on where you want to go. If your only goal in life is to crush competition, then your, your designs and your initiatives by definition are driven by the competition. And you want to be careful that you have your own vision and Apple's always been good at that. I'm not saying that Apple has changed. I just was philosophizing about how it's easy to focus too much on your competition to the point where you're not thinking about where you need to go anymore. So I presented the article for the reader's reflection, not so much as an uh, indictment of Apple, as a sort of uh, analysis of how things could go wrong. And Apple has some decisions to make, too, in the future. Um, you know, the, they wrestled with this uh, 7-inch iPad. An iPod Touch sells for $199. So where's the pricing going to be for uh, an iPad 7? I don't call it the iPad mini. At some point in the future, as Siri matures, uh, we may have larger iPads on our desktop with maybe 15, 18-inch displays. And, and so that's going to be a breakthrough. And and, and then we've got the Apple HTV project that we talked about earlier in the show. So you have all these initiatives and risks. And, and one of the things Ms. Sharp talked about in her essay was that as you worry more and more about your competition and you get more and more embroiled with the competition and more obsessed with the competition, the risk on your own part becomes less desirable. Uh, and one example I gave was Microsoft's Surface tablet. You know, there was this obsession with the competition. Microsoft was driven by and obsessed with Apple and the success of the iPad, apparently. And so they came out with this courier project that looked like it was going to be great and original and uh, its its own thing and risky and wonderful. And in the end, the company said, no, if we fail... We're going to screw up, and they fell into the safe and comfortable arms of Windows 8. So That's safe uh, and know. comfortable? I'm in another planet here. <laughs> well, you know, Windows is, is Microsoft's thing, and it's always safe to, to stay with, you know, what you've got going, have been going with for a long, long time. And, uh, and Steven Sanofsky at Microsoft was successful in killing the career project and driving some executives out of the company, like Robbie Bach, who was a proponent of Courier. So I kind of explored the ins and outs of what happens when you're obsessed with the competition, what happens to the company's psyche in terms of assessing risk when, you come, when you're too worried about the competition, and uh, it kind of played out some you know, examples and scenarios for people to think about. Again, Apple's the most innovative company on the planet. 
they're doing great. I don't see any signs that um, the the Samsung lawsuit has distracted Apple. But uh, you know, I did see an article the other day from a fellow who uh, uh, commented that uh, has Apple become too boring? You know, am I, we we know an iPhone five is coming. You know, we know that in April two thousand thirteen there'll be a new iPad. Uh, you know, the the leaks seem to come out, and we kind of measure and figure out what Apple's going to come out with, and all of a sudden, the delight and the surprise and is not so much there anymore. And Apple's well, the kind feeding of like, frenzy of rumors has increased. Yeah, There's always going to be a way, no matter how hard Apple tries, for some of that information to get out, because too many yeah, people know at, the truth. Look at the iPad series. You know, the first one was a breakthrough. The second one was necessary improvement with a crappy camera. You know, and then we've got incremental improvements on the iPad 3. It's got the Retina display now. If you sit back and reflect, you kind of wonder, like, you know, what the heck is going to happen with the iPad 4? And you have to think, where can Apple go? How many more options do they have? The same thing with iPhones. What can they do to add to it other than making what's there better? Ah, that's, but the, that's big the question. Next, there lies a question, that. and I'll have to ask it of you in our yes. next segment. Coming up later in the show, we'll have Bob, Dr. Mac Levitis, but right now we have John Martellaro, the Mac Observer, joining us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Now Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? More important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. 
Let's keep preparedness simple. Do you need stuff for disasters? Of course you do. For over 15 years, DisasterStuff.com has, well, stuff for disasters. See? Easy to remember. DisasterStuff.com. Want free shipping on a new Berkey water filter? DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. Lots of folks want an EMP Faraday bag to protect sensitive electronics during a solar or nuclear event. Now for a limited time, all survival gear purchases over $75 include a free 8 by 8 inch EMP Faraday bag. Just enter promo code EMP bag when you check out at disasterstuff.com. We're also a country living grain mill authorized dealer. Plus, we offer freeze dried foods by Alpine Air and Wise Foods. We also carry emergency kits, survival seeds, and much more. Preparedness should be simple, and it is. Just remember disasterstuff.com. Freedom through self reliance and personal responsibility. Every day, nearly 3,000 families enter into foreclosure and face losing their home. If you're currently behind on your mortgage, you can still avoid foreclosure. You can save your home, but you need to act now. We're Allied State Foreclosure Services. We're experts in saving homes from foreclosure. With just one phone call to us, you can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, and save your home. Call now. The call is free with no obligation. 1-800-597-8843. Call us if you've been threatened with foreclosure, denied loan modification, or missed a payment on your mortgage. If you've been a victim of a predatory loan or are upside down on your mortgage, even if you've lost your job and you're worried about losing your home, don't wait. Call us now and let us help you save your home. You've worked hard to build a life with your family. Let us help you keep your home. Call now before it's too late. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. 1-800-597-8843. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Isle Live. And we started exploring the question at the end of the last segment. Is Apple running out of bright ideas? I mean, what can you do to an iPhone 5? What can you do for the iPhone 6? What about the next iPad? What about the so-called iPad mini? What about the next group of Mac upgrades? I was thinking about that just yesterday when I was out for a walk. I want to talk about the iPhone 5 out of that list that you presented. You're right. The improvements in the iPhones are incremental. I wrote an article a while back about what I thought was going to come and, you know, slightly larger display, quad-core processor, uh, of course, 4G LTE. uh, That's uh, just about a certainty. And then some, you know, minor things like, you know, this business with the smaller dock connector, you know, and a new SIM. And so you look at that and you go, well, gee, that's just a minor improvement. Why is everybody rushing to the iPhone 5? Why is it that every iPhone sells more than all the previous iPhones combined. And I started thinking about that, and I realized that it's not a technical or a financial decision on the part of most people. iPhone 5 is like this magical technology ride that we're on. I'd, I'd described it as sort of like an accessible science fiction adventure in my latest uh, essay. iPhone allows most people uh, who can afford the monthly fee to to get on this wonderful technology ride to to 
show it to their friends, to, to jump into this wonderful social awareness app of shopping and navigation and communication and video. And it's not that people size up the iPhone and say, I'm going to make that leap to the next version because it has amazing, wonderful new features. Instead, it's more like, I want to be on this bandwagon. I want to be on this ride. You know, it's sort of like the automobile industry in the 60s. Do you remember when we had new cars coming out every September and there was this breathless anticipation and the car companies would keep their new models a secret and then there'd be this grand unveiling with models and, and they'd have drapes over them and they'd pull them off and you'd see the new fins, you know, and, and it got to the point where, you know, the people had to have a, a new car every year because of this change in the styling and it got so exciting. Now no. people keep their cars no. a lot longer. That's right. It's because of the technology. At least the mechanical part of the cars has reached maturity. And, of course, there's a lot of new things happening, wonderful things happening with electric cars and GPS and computer technology and heads-up displays and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not saying that technology is, is, is stagnant in cars, but in, in terms of fundamental design, it got to a maturity point where you know you didn't have to get excited every year about how the new 19 how the new 2013 Volvo was going to look and why it's going to be cooler and sexier than the than the 2012 Volvo. So you, you see can and do now that it's every 4 or 5 years that there's a major can, upgrade. So for example, right. those who like the Honda Accord, the 2013 right. model is going to be a major upgrade, but if you actually look at the picture of it, it looks like just a refinement. You put the things side by side and you say, oh, I could see the difference. But not if you look at one, then maybe an hour later look at another. Right. So so people have been kind of suffering through their Windows XP and their Vistas. And it is cranky, you know, creaky old 2009 machine. It's hard to update. You know, they're maybe not able to spend the time that they want to because of their kids and work to to mess around with Facebook and Twitter and Foursquare and Hulu and cut their cord and mess around with Apple TV. But, you know, one the thing they can do is they can have technology in their pocket. They can be Captain Kirk. They can have this wonderful, magical adventure and ride. Let me try something, okay? You hmm? started, my friend. I'm going to try. I take out my iPhone. I push the magic button. This is my communicator. Remember that little button on the Star Trek communicator? One button on the iPhone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kirk to Enterprise. Silence is golden. <laughs> well, that's that's the kind of magic that we have these days with the iPhone, and that's I'm why people a let's want to see. Thinking, people, oh boy, oh, really? It's on the network. Huh? Siri is having problems. Sorry, you FO man. I couldn't do it. Could you try it again, please? At least she's polite. <laughs> All right, try it again. All right, here we go. You ready? All right, one more time, ladies and gentlemen. Kirk to Enterprise. <laughs> She's not going Silence She's is golden, gonna ladies and gentlemen, once again. Thinking. The wheel is turning. Just a second, it says. But she's not talking. You know, she's so confounded with what I said. It reminds me of working on it. That's the next one. Remember the Star Trek computer? Okay, I give okay. up. Could you try it again? Do you remember the Star Trek computer? Would always say, working, working. Kirk to Enterprise. He's trying, ladies and gentlemen. 
Do you think this very serious discussion has ascended to this? <laughs> I think that's probably something that's been tried so often that uh, I'm still thinking, she says. Mm. I am still thinking. Sorry, Sorry, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Could you try it again? I guess they've decided that that's one I'm not going to answer with any humor. I got the same result. Sorry about that, man. But that's what you're doing. I mean, you know, with Siri and the navigation and the GPS and turn-by-turn directions and FaceTime, you're, you're living in a Star Trek universe, and, and you don't want to fall off that map. So every year, the, 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 the idea is, I don't want to be left behind. I want the latest and greatest. Yeah, I know the improvements aren't that great. I know it's not anything earth-shaking. I don't know the difference between a quad-core and a dual-core. I just know what the latest and greatest. And that is why it's going to be called the iPhone 5. Because Apple knows, this is my opinion, that it's very important for customers to know that their phone is one notch above what everybody else has and what they used to have. They're not going to call it the new iPhone. They're not. They're not. Because 5 is bigger than 4. And therefore, 5 is latest and greatest. And if you want the latest and greatest, you have to have the 5. What do you have? I have the 4. Well, I have the 5. So well, I have the 4S, so there. And it, and it punctuates your technical progress on this adventure. And I think that's important, my opinion. Your humble opinion. That we have. <laughs> well, now, of course, everybody's waiting for the iPhone 5. Supposedly, people are sitting on the sidelines. Supposedly, there will be a meeting, a media event, probably in Northern California, in San Francisco on the 12th of September to roll out the iPhone 5, which will go on sale the following week. And there may be an introduction for a new entrant to the iPad family, an iPad mini, which will be something between an iPod Touch and the existing iPad. Somewhere in the middle. What do you think? iPad 7. Not iPad mini. iPad 7. iPad 7? Uh, Too much of an opportunity for... uh, I think the iPad mini is a bad name. I think there's too many opportunities for jokes about feminine hygiene. Jay Leno has already done one of those. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the iPad Mini. I think it's going to be the iPad 7. Or the iPad Nano. No, to emphasize that it's a competitor to the Nexus 7. Apple doesn't do that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I think it's going to be called the iPad 7. Not the iPad Mini, not the iPad Nano. No, I think it's become very clear that, you know, you have your choice. You can have a Kindle 7-inch, you can have a Nexus 7, or you can have an iPad 7. I think I think that the, for competitive reasons, my opinion, again, Apple's going to want to make it very clear that this is the product that you really want instead of the Nexus 7. This I don't see it. I just don't product. see Apple doing that. That name is too lame. I think it's going to be called an iPad, but it's going to be called an iPad something. But not what's, an iPad 7. I don't see it. What's, what's more interesting is something that John Gruber recently wrote about, and that is the finessing of the bezel on the edges. You know, all the other 7-inchers have this 16 by 10 aspect ratio. They're slender. Um, you know, they're like a paperback book. And the uh, for very, very, very good reasons, the iPad has this 4 by 3 aspect ratio for reading books and magazines and so on. It's so better for shrink, that, but we also have so to get out shrink, of, We also have to push this. We have to also get you out of here because we're out of time. Uh, Sorry about that. Tell our listeners where they can find more from John Martellaro. You can read what I think about the uh, iPad 7 at uh, www.macobserver.com. 
and uh, see you there. All right. So maybe it will be an iPad 7 if we accept what John says. I don't know. John Martellaro, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Well, thanks, Gene, for having me on the show. And if you want to learn more about what I talk about, uh, including the iPhone 5 and what I'm calling the iPad 7, come to the Mac Observer, www.macobserver.com. All right, folks. So maybe I don't buy the concept of calling the mini iPad or the nano iPad the iPad 7. We'll ask the same question of our next guest, by the way. He's none other than the one, the only Bob Dr. McLevitis. Coming up next on the Tech. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. My name's Bruno. I'm 52 years old. I've tried different protein powders over the years, and they've all tasted pretty bad. I tried One World Way and found it to be delicious. After 10 weeks on One World Way, my wife commented, you have more muscles and you're leaner than when you were 20 years old. My body has changed dramatically. I'm a cyclist. Normally, I'll ride two days on and take two days off. After being on One World Way, I rode 10 days in a row in over 100-degree heat, and then I take another two servings of One World Way and then work out at the gym for another hour and a half. I just couldn't believe these results. My normal muscle tightness and soreness after working out are virtually gone. Don't take my word for it. One World Way comes in single servings. Just give it a try. For a health and taste sensation you'll love, call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworldway.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Bob, Dr. McLevitis, we're playing catch-up. Catch-up on what? Well, not catch-up like the thing that you stick on your hamburger, but the movies. I mean, all the summer movies have been special effects extravaganzas, all the big ones. The Dark Knight Rises, especially the Avengers, especially the reboot for Spider-Man, because you can't have a human being jumping around like that. You've got to have some CGI. So of all the films that have been out there, what have your favorites been? Wait a minute. You're telling me that that Spider-Man guy wasn't actually swinging down New York City streets from webs? I don't believe that. I hate to break it to you. It's just oh, a film. Man. It's just special effects, man. 
Oh man, yeah, uh, I like that one. I like that one. I like the uh, the Batman. I like the Avengers. I thought this was a good mo- uh, good summer for you know what do you call them popcorn popcorn churners or you know summer light entertainment. Speaking of light th- entertainment, as we talk this weekend, they'll have the Expendables too, and that's where they take these aging action hero stars like Sylvester Stallone. And Jason Statham is not that aging. I think he's in his 40s. And they get Arnold Schwarzenegger, and they've got Bruce Willis and Chuck Norris and all the classic actors. Put them all together in one film. And, and you get only- something that my newspaper gave a D- minus this morning. <laughs> oh, boy. Only D-? minus. Actually, I guess we've got to look at Rotten Tomatoes for that one and see what Rotten Tomatoes has done. Yeah, I wonder. So as we speak... It sounded pretty awful from the uh, review in the local newspaper, which is the Austin American Spaceman, for those of you who are playing along at home. I'll tell you what, here's the rating. This is Rotten Tomatoes, Expendables 2, 64. That's pretty darn good. 64? Yeah. So what did the campaign get? The campaign got 66. Ha! Okay. So it's hardly any different. No, and I thought the campaign, which I saw yesterday, was pretty good. The Dark Knight Rises got 87. The Bourne Legacy, which is a Bourne movie without Bourne, except in photographs and except in references, got 54. Well, yeah, you can. You take the Bourne out of the Bourne series, and you're you're likely to get fewer tomatoes. Still Bourne. The Expendables (laughs) 2. Oh, is that the name of the movie? Still Bourne? No. Anyway, even movie studios aren't that sick. Okay, so Expendables 2, audience 90%, and the tomato meter, which is the one from the reviewer, 65%, which is better than the average. And what this means is if the audience likes it, it'll have a good shelf life. That's the key. The audience has to have a pretty high rating because a movie may succeed by marketing alone the first week. And then... You've got reality sets in. Right. You've got word of mouth. And the word of mouth says, thumbs down, forget about it. In any case, forget about the technology. Let's go into practical things here. Now, there have been stories this week that Apple is taking another stab at making the Apple TV relevant, this time as a set-top box that's a front end for your cable provider. Now, I've been suggesting that as an option over the months, and nobody's paid attention now I guess they got to pay attention. I don't know if it's a good idea. What do you think? Well, uh, it remains to be seen whether Apple can cut deals with the cable operators. You know, that's the, the thing. The hitch in the ointment, the fly in the ointment, is I, I, the cable operators probably would rather get in bed with the devil than with Apple. <laughs> so, you know, convincing them that they're going to build a set-top box that's going to be better for all of them is going to be a tough sell. Why now, should they care? Isn't a customer a customer? Yeah, but the cable industry, for the most part, has resisted unbundling. And it sounds to me like this, you know, it, it's different. But it doesn't have to provide different services. You can subscribe to the same services, but instead of using their set-top box, which may be a scientific Atlanta or a Motorola, Scientific Atlanta being Cisco now, it may be Apple's. So what's the difference? Who cares whose set-top box you have? Because I believe Apple wants to be 
in the middle of the transaction for its 30% cut, and it wants you to buy that stuff, which you're not going to buy if you're on cable TV with basic cable channels. I mean, the, it, it's kind of like I, I don't know if they can coexist. I don't know if you can take take basic cable channels and a la carte pay per season or pay per episode. Yes, but they don't have to change the package. All they have to do is maybe work out some kind of deal to get the content. Apple, in this case, would not be able to take their 30%. It would be all a matter of selling the hardware and that any money they make would be from iTunes. They would offer all their bundled features. And then if you want to connect to Cox or to Time Warner, you just launch the app and the rest of the transaction is through that service. Well, it's like Netflix now. Netflix is not getting 30%, are they? I don't know. Are, but is Netflix giving Netflix 30% is, to Apple? Is Hulu Plus giving 30% to Apple for the Apple I TV? I don't know what the deal is. And I don't think anybody outside of the hallowed halls of Cupertino knows what that deal is. But Hulu Plus just came on. They don't have Amazon Prime yet on the Apple TV. Right, but the point being Hulu Plus is getting what, seven ninety nine a month or nine ninety nine a month, something like 799. that. Seven ninety nine. I just wrote a column about it because my son asked me for Netflix for his birthday. And I thought, you know what? That is just so like this generation. He said I hardly ever get a chance to watch T V on T V. I watch it mostly on my computer and this way I, I don't have that much time. He's a student. I don't have that much time for T V. So when I do, it's nice to have a massive quantity of the stuff that I can choose from and not have to pay X amount of dollars for that show right then. You know, he's not buying individual shows. He's buying a smorgasbord. Now, the smorgasbord, are you still getting some level of commercials? I know on the free version, you get limited commercials. Yes, well, limited commercials in the paid version, too, and that's I, I, I actually gave them a little slap on the wrist for that because neither Netflix nor Amazon.com interrupts their programming that way. The advantage being, though, that you get more TV shows and more current content. The movies, ah, not a very good selection on Hulu Plus. I checked it. TV nope. shows, it's not bad at all. Well, that's the thing is, I think uh, I, I called it this way. I said... Hulu has the edge for TV. Netflix has the edge for movies. Amazon Prime doesn't have an edge in either. But you actually uh, get much more because it also includes free shipping on anything from Amazon.com. Free two-day shipping. So the point is, if you're a regular customer of Amazon, Amazon Prime gets you the two-day shipping, a discount on the shipping, and then... As a plus, you're also getting free video streaming. Well, and I actually called it that. I said I consider the video a bonus because I, I, I was buying Amazon Prime before they even had video, and it was worth 80 bucks a year. Now, so, how does it work? Is that a flat fee for shipping or is yeah, it free shipping? It's free today, but even better, it's free uh, – It's wait, it's free – two-day shipping on anything Amazon sells and a lot of their third parties, millions of items. And so if you buy like 10, 20 items from Amazon over the year and you're okay. paying 3 4 $5 for shipping, suddenly, wow, this yep. is better. 
And we we do order a lot of stuff from Amazon. I mean, not just reading material, but a lot of stuff. And the the knowing that you'll get it two days later for for no extra money makes it easier to shop there. They know that it's a good deal for everyone. And I think the video, which they only added last year, is like a bonus. I think that's very nice of them to offer that to me, but I didn't buy it for video. On the other hand, they offer a lot of the same movies and TV shows as the other guys. So if you shop at Amazon a lot and you're not a heavy consumer of TV and movies, you might get the best deal out of Amazon, which is less per year. Sounds like such a deal. Such a deal. We have Bob Dr. Maclevitis joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Hi, this is Steve Spillum for Midas Resources. In 1971, President Nixon took the United States off the gold standard and put us into a fiat currency. This allowed Congress and the Federal Reserve to create trillions of dollars out of thin air. The national debt has risen to incredible heights, and your hard-earned dollars buy a small fraction of what they once did. The average life expectancy for a fiat currency is 27 years. The dollar is failing and on borrowed time. When currencies fall, people turn to gold and silver because gold and silver have been real money for more than 5,000 years. It is our mission at Midas resources to help you preserve your capital. Don't let your personal savings shrink to nothing. For important free information on how you can protect your personal wealth, contact me, Steve Spillum, at 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Call today while we are still accepting dollars for gold and silver. 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Make a change in your financial security today. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 308. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and Body Extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing 
hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pillow. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. With Gene Steinberg, we've got Bob Dr. Maclevitis joining us on the Tech Night Out Live we talked about movies, we talked about video, video streaming services. And Great. in relation to that, of course, one of the things that Amazon provides is the Kindle Fire, which is kind of a front end to their storefront, a tablet. Now we have the Nexus 7, and then we're expecting some sort of iPad, a smaller iPad that might be called an iPad Mini, an iPad Nano. Do you think there's going to be such a beast? Yes. Well, that's the end of that discussion. Seriously. Well, actually, I wanted to go back because I forgot the best part of Amazon Prime. Is- okay, reverting to Amazon Prime. Let's have our reverting to Amazon Prime music sound ahead of, of going into the iPad Mini. Go ahead. Make, makes the sound of tape going backwards. Well, okay. I'll tell you what. Don't give up your day job. Okay. Uh, so Amazon Prime, for, now you pay $79 a year. That's a great deal right there with or without the video. But. If you have to have it tomorrow, for three ninety nine, no matter what the item is, you can have next day delivery. And if you buy more than a few things where you would have paid for overnight delivery, that certainly becomes a deal. Now, what if I buy a TV set? I buy, say, a fifty five. I buy a fifty five inch Panasonic plasma TV, which weighs what eighty pounds. Yes. Same deal. If it depends if it's available. And it says Amazon Prime on it. Yep. I bought an ice cream maker that weighed 40-some pounds. It was Amazon Prime. Three ninety nine. I had it the next afternoon and had ice cream that night. I'll tell you what. I'll take a look right now. Let's take a look at an Amazon.com, yeah, a full HD 3D plasma set from Panasonic, which costs roughly... Ooh, I don't know, roughly $1,500. And they've got an add to cart, but nothing about an Amazon Prime. No, so what you do is when you search for whatever you're searching for at Amazon.com, uh, search for your TV, let's see, and then 
as one of the filters, click on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. Long- I don't think they're sending a TV set for free two-day delivery because a normal shipping charge and something like that is, what, $100? Yep. But I bet you, I bet you. Hold on. Well, if you go to Abe's of Maine, which is really in New Jersey, figure this out. Abe's of Maine, which is an online store, gives you really good discounts, good customer ratings. They don't advertise on my show. But they're no longer in Maine. They are in Edison, New Jersey. And they give you free shipping, I think. Okay, so here, let's see. No televisions. I don't see any. See, we're looking at this. Free Super Saver shipping. Wait a minute. So Panasonic, yeah. Here, I just clicked on the first one I found. One day shipping at checkout. So, but that's not Prime. It's just free shipping on that TV. It doesn't look like they have the Prime service, but they do have free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their TVs. Well, they're smaller sets. Like a 32-inch set weighs, what, 20 pounds, 25 pounds? That's fairly easy to ship cheaply. But you get this 55-inch monstrosity. Well, I don't know if it's a monstrosity. Some of the sets really look nice. You get one of those big, humongous sets, well, you're not going to get free shipping. Then again, if you go to Abe's of Maine, which is in New Jersey, I still can't get my head around that. Abe's of Maine is located, I'm taking a look right now, yes, Raritan Center in Edison, New Jersey. Yes, but Abe's of Maine... Sounds so much better than Abe's of New Jersey. Or Abe's of Edison. And I lived in Edison, New Jersey, so I know all about it. Let's go back to the iPad Mini. Now, your predecessor on this week's episode is someone you know, John Martellaro from the Mac Observer. He wants us to think that Apple will also use the 7 designation for the new iPad, the small one, and call it iPad 7. And I said to him, that doesn't make sense because Google is calling theirs Nexus 7. It's just not going to be a good branding exercise. It's going to sound repetitive. Maybe it'll, be the seven, maybe it'll be the 7.25. <laughs> well, it's supposed to have a 7.85 screen. Then it'll be the 7.85. So this is going to be the iPad 7.85. Apple doesn't do that, though, with names. It's not simple enough. No, well, in that case, it's probably just going to be called I. <laughs> By the Apple I. Yeah, they are trying to simplify. You know, they named the third iPad the iPad. Well, they call it the third iPad. No, they call it the... It's very technical. You call it iPad, but it's the new iPad, or it is the third generation iPad. But it's not an iPad 3. No. Just try writing that if you have an editor. (laughs) Editor? No, we don't want to get into that. It gets to be troublesome. So you think that Apple's really going to do it, though? I do. I, I, I think probably kicking and screaming. I think maybe they looked at it and said, you know, I, we really didn't think this was such a great idea, but those guys are selling a bunch of them, so maybe we have to. And well, Apple, some suggest that Apple, Apple is following the iPod brand. theme, which is you start up with a full-size, full-priced iPod, then you come up with cheaper, smaller versions. It's possible. It's possible. My my gut is that, um, you know, a while back, they looked at a smaller screen somewhere between iPhone and iPad and said there really isn't a compelling reason to make something like this. And I think if you'd looked at it before any of them came out, you might 
agree, but I think the market's proven that wrong. There are people who want something that's in between in size. Okay, so therefore it's the iPad tweener. The tween, yes. Oh, goodness. The iTween. <laughs> the iTween. Okay, we're going to buy iTweens, folks. We're not going to take bets on this, except you would think it may be part of the new iPhone announcement in September. Oh, um, I don't know about that. There is no... what? Wait, what? You have an invitation to an announcement in September? Well, let's just put it this way. If Jim Dalrymple says that Apple is going to hold a media event on a certain date, you can almost take it to the bank. I don't think he's ever been wrong. Yeah, but that date, well, maybe. It's okay. three days after my birthday. What is it? Just September 12th or September something? September 12th. Yeah. On a Wednesday, three yeah. days after my birthday. Forget my oh, birthday, folks. That has nothing to do with it. Picking a Wednesday is no-brainer, right? Because they always do it on Wednesday. Um, September 12th. So is that the right Wednesday? Well, I don't the advantage is they could ship the next iPhone the following Friday and start taking pre-orders. It still ships within that quarter so Apple can book sales for the quarter of several million more units. So that's very good. Yes. Only several million? Well, I'm thinking maybe the first week they sell five million. Probably. And that's just in a few countries because, of course, they roll it out internationally over the next few months. But that way, if they sold, say, 18 million iPhones and they sell 6 or 8 million new ones, hey, that changes a lot of things. Adds a lot of excitement. Yes. We have lots of excitement coming from Bob Dr. Maclevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Alex Jones here with a great way to beat the blackouts, get off the grid, and generate your own supply of electrical power. Folks, with what's been going on in this country, I don't have to tell you about the power grid and just how vulnerable it is. That's in the mainstream news every day. Millions of people have lost their power in the last few weeks because of dangerous storms and killer heat that's pushing the grid beyond its capacity. I've always said that every family needs to be ready for blackouts. And if you don't have a backup system in place, I've got a great opportunity for you. Right now, our good friends at Solutions from Science are offering huge savings on their best-selling Power Hub unit. 
In fact, I think it's the best deal I've ever seen them make. It's literally thousands of dollars in savings. Remember, these backup systems don't need gas because they're solar powered. That means there's no dangerous fumes and no noise. InfoWars listeners can get all the details at BeatTheBlackouts.com. That's BeatTheBlackouts.com. Clear out your pantry and make room in your closets. You're going to need the space for these hot August deals at BePrepared.com. Going on now, save 23% on Provident Pantry Scrambled Egg Mix or 28% on freeze-dried strawberry slices. New this month, baking cocoa for daily use or long-term storage. Buy one of the Provident Pantry baking or dessert combos and save up to $25 off individual component pricing. Or add some weight to your water storage at BePrepared.com. The ultimate 55-gallon water barrel combo is on sale this month for only $94.99. Food and water storage is great, but how are you going to cook it in an emergency? The popular Volcano 2 collapsible stove. Save $27.96 off MSRP. Go to BePrepared.com for more details and more August savings now through August 31st. Call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and BePrepared.com's low price guarantee. That's 800-999-1863. The choice is clear. Be unprepared or BePrepared.com. America, land of the free. But how free can you be, really, when Internet viruses and malware can attack your computer? Sure, you have antivirus protection, but it's not free, is it? Until now. Now, Zone Alarm offers free antivirus protection. And independent studies show that Zone Alarm provides better malware protection than even Norton and McAfee. And they're not free, are they? Declare your freedom and go to GetBetterForFree.com. That's GetBetterForFree.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Bob, Dr. McLevitis, returning to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Let's focus on the fact that you, of course, have a Mountain Lion for Dummies book that came out very recently. And now we have Mountain Lion in the 10.8.0 release. Any bugs that bother you? No. Surprisingly, no. And, and this is the first time in a long time I can remember feeling that a point release, a point zero release of a new operating system from Apple was ready for prime time. And most people won't have any trouble when they do upgrade. There are still a few small... Uh, you know, I, I hear, what do you call it, anecdotal evidence that there are still a few small things that some people experience, but I haven't heard of anything really horrible, and I think if people follow the advice that I set out in my columns last month when Mountain Lion shipped, which basically is back up, test your backup, clone, and then go ahead and install. Because Now, remind our listeners, there's some really good apps out there for cloning. There's something like Carbon Copy Cloner and also Super Duper. These are both just really good products. 
Either one will do the trick. It only takes a couple hours. You don't have to be there. You can just start it and go to dinner when you're done. But test it when you're done. Um, the other thing is, while Mountain Lion, all right, so Lion, which was the first operating system that was sold out of the Mac App Store, once you downloaded the installer, it was hard to get another installer. In other words, not, unlike most apps in the store, you couldn't just go there and download a new copy. And with, with Mountain Lion, Apple seems to have changed that. So part of the hassle has been eliminated, but sometimes you, you can't get a 4-gigabyte or 3-gigabyte download. Uh, if you don't have any internet, you can't reinstall. So before you install Mountain Lion, after you've purchased it and downloaded the installer with the App Store, before you actually install, make a copy of that thing and put it on another disk and just save it for a rainy day. At the very least, it'll save you from having to download a 3 or 4 gigabyte file again. Um, and at the very most, someday when you need to reinstall it and don't have internet access, you will have a copy of the installer that you can use. In Apple's infinite wisdom, what they do is when you run the installer, what happens to it? It, it goes bye-bye. Well, and I understand that because they don't want to leave it in your application folder. It's not just any old application, you know. I mean, I, I get the, the philosophy, but well, I... Why can't they just stick it in a folder called installers and leave it there? Give you the option to say, you know what, I you don't want have, this no, no. to you be deleted. Have, you have it. It's called your recovery disk, and it's there. Oh, yes, but it is kind of awkward because the recovery disk, it's not always physically there. It's going to download a new copy from the Internet. If the, if the disk is built, the stuff is on there, there's also the ability to get it from the Internet. But that's what usually does when you try to reinstall the OS from the recovery disk. Uh-uh. It's, it's pulling off that now because that's not the way it worked in Lion. Uh, I guess, hold on, I guess I'd have to... I'd have to find mine and see what's on it. Right, because the recovery disk is not really big enough to contain a four and a half gigabyte file. So what they usually do is just download your file again from the App Store, which seems kind of strange. Now, there have been reports on Mountain Lion that battery life is subpar. Hmm. What's your taking of that? Some people are saying it's not, it seems consistent to a specific model Mac notebook. It could be anyone. As a matter of fact, ArsTechnica.com did a test of their MacBook Pro with Retina display. And what did they find? Well, they found that battery life went down like over 30%. I have not run it on the laptop on battery enough to have any uh, personal experience with it. But I, uh, I have to believe that if that is the case, there's a point one release coming soon, I bet. I mean, if Apple holds true to form, you can expect one sometime in the next couple of weeks. And that's the kind of thing that these first uh first um you know, point one releases generally address. That sounds like a pretty serious issue if it is, if it's real. Well, the report is that Apple is allegedly aware of it and has reached out to some customers for system logs. Now, let's not forget that when iOS 5 came out last fall, there were reports that people with the iPhone 4 or 4S also suffered from degrading battery life, and it took, I think, two releases to fix that. Yeah, and that one was a real bear because it was completely, it seemed completely random, 
because some people had no battery issues and some people had it, batteries that, you know, plummeted to empty by noon each day. Was and, very- you know, you can't plummet because plummeting is really dangerous. I mean, if you plummet, how do you get up again? Call a plumber. <laughs> I started, he picked it up, that's where you go. So Mountain Lion has been well-behaved for you. Some people reporting battery life. Some people reporting sluggish performance. But I kind of think, you know, if you basically tweaked your operating system to a fair V well, add lots of system tweaks and stuff, it makes very much sense that something could go wrong with a major operating system upgrade. That's why we talk about the backup thing. Well, I was, uh, I was very happy to find that I didn't have to really turn anything off that I, that I use. Um, and I use a, a fair number of system utilities, you know, default folder and launch bar and things like that. But none of it broke this time. I think this is a much easier transition from lion to mountain lion than from snow leopard to lion, which was uh, it was a problem because that's when we lost support for carbon apps. That's when the Rosetta translation uh, layer went away, causing many popular apps to cease to function. And a lot of people were kind of blindsided by it, even though it was widely reported, um, like Quicken. Quicken didn't run under Lion for like three months. They came out with a new version, and they charge you for it, even though the new version, Quicken 2007 for Lion, had no new features of any note. It just was compatible with a new OS, but Intuit still charged you. Does that make sense? Wait, no, no, no. It gets even better. I believe there are features that were pulled out, and you still had to pay for the upgrade. <laughs> I oh, think that's there worse. Features that didn't make it that were in the original carbon version and not in the new lionized. Well, speaking yeah. of not making updates for Lion, let's look at Microsoft. In July of 2011, the Microsoft Mac business unit says they're going to release a Lion compatible update, not in weeks, but in months, to support full screen apps, version, and autosave. Now, since then, in the intervening year, Some of the apps in the Office 2011 suite do support full-screen apps, not all of them. They never addressed the other two, autosave and version, never changed, never fixed it. And now they were asked, okay, we now have the Retina Display version of the MacBook Pro. Will they have a version of Office to support Retina Display? Well, Outlook 2011 supports it, but none of the other apps. Again, they're not giving us a date. So Microsoft reneges on its promise from last year and now is even more vague or vaguer. Yes, but they, they, um, this is honoring a longstanding tradition of ugly icons. <laughs> well, Microsoft knows about ugly icons like the ribbon in the Office apps for the Mac and Windows. Those icons look really, really ugly. I mean, if you're going to have to contend with toolbars... I mean, they can go back to the model used by WordPerfect, what, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? WordPerfect for the Mac had an amazing number of toolbar buttons. But they were all pretty clear, pretty well done. Why can't Microsoft go back to that? I mean, they killed WordPerfect pretty much on the Windows platform. Maybe take a few hints from the right place. Instead of worrying about the interface formerly known as Metro on Windows 8, they can think about 
giving us good icons and good buttons and stuff. We have Bob Dr. Maclevitis. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwoods. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves. Available exclusively from StockStorage.com. What's the difference in all these online emergency food stores? The difference is Deseret. DeseretFoodStores.com has the best price on a one-year supply of restaurant-style gourmet food starting at just $695 for 875 servings. For the highest quality food with a 30-year shelf life, experience the Deseret difference at DeseretFoodStore.com, spelled D-E-S-E-R-E-T, or call 801-444-1444. DeseretFoodStore.com. Food for now, food for life. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? 
You bet it would. And now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great tasting, long lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready to eat meals, are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25 year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with wise foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50. And GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to bigberkeywaterfilters.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. What about iPad apps? Hey, that's a good way to start the final segment of good. the Tech Night Owl Live this week. We have Bob Dr. Maclevitis. What about iPad apps? You mean, for example, when Apple went to the retina display on the iPad, fixing those things? No, I was thinking, where is Microsoft Office on the iPad? Oh. Or the iPhone, for that matter. But certainly, it's uh, conspicuous in its absence. I mean, if you look at Mac programs, productivity programs, you'll see that a lot of programs that are on the Mac have counterparts on the iDevices, such as Pages and Keynote and Numbers, just to name three. Um, but I kind of wonder, because even though Pages can open and save Microsoft Word documents, the conversion process is, is uh, not perfect. And so for people like me that are actually using Word in a multi-user, multi-editor environment, I can't use pages on the iPad to edit files. My editors won't allow it. They, they don't translate back and forth properly. And so, you know, for me, I would really like Microsoft Word on the iPad. That would really change that, that'd change the whole ball game. It would help Microsoft. I mean, I don't think that Microsoft is going to sell that many copies of the Surface tablet, if it ever even comes out. So why not? offer Office for the iPad. There were published reports that Microsoft was doing that and would offer it later this year. I suppose that's still possible. You know, Microsoft tends to announce things well in advance of their release. So if that were the case, and we haven't heard from it by now, uh, I I suspect you're not going to see Office on the iDevices this year. Because they would, you know, they'd be screaming so that you don't go buy a copy of Pages. Word is coming. They'd be shouting it from the rooftops. The other question would be if Microsoft were to offer a feature-restricted version of Office for the iPad, they'd have to include features like track changes where you track the alterations of a document. This is good for editors and publishers and collaborators. Would they incorporate that feature? That could be real critical. Well, they'd have to. I mean, that would be the only reason we would want to use an iPad app was if it, if it honored all of that revision tracking stuff. 
Apple does. I mean, Pages has revision tracking. It's just not the same as Words. But I'm pretty sure that that... Uh, let me see. I, I've got iPad Pages here. Let's look. So say something. Don't, don't leave the air be dead. Don't make dead air. Don't make dead air. You have to say something. Give everybody a progress report. Give the listeners a progress report of what you're doing so they understand that you're now examining pages for your iPad. Yes, I am launching pages on the iPad, and I just want to look in its preferences and see if I can turn on you know, track changes. He's looking for track changes in the iPad version of pages. There is a track changes feature for the Mac version and understand you use track changes to be consistent with alterations of the document who did the alteration and when this is critical mission critical in situations where you need to work with a collaborator an editor or a publisher a lot of publishers demand word now the version in pages on the desktop the Mac version of pages has a track changes feature that sort of works with the true office version but not so much yeah when you when you translate stuff i don't think it does actually i don't know it would take me longer to try because i'd have to make some changes and then copy the file back to the computer and see if it noticed more time than we have okay i won't that assume that's going to happen that would be a very good feature no don't don't assume that's going to happen but that would be a very good feature the ability to uh have track changes on your ipad because I just got a really good little keyboard, a Logitech ultra-thin keyboard that kind of looks like a smart cover, but it's aluminum, and it has the magnets like a smart cover, so it's really a nice little clamshell package. Is that kind of like what Microsoft is doing for the Surface? It, it ends up, it, it's very clever. You should look online at the picture of it, because once you flip it open, it's got a groove that you can put your iPad in to put it at the just right angle for typing. So it's a cover and a stand and uh, a Bluetooth keyboard with some dedicated, you know, it's a Bluetooth keyboard designed for the iPad, so it's got dedicated keys. Pretty pretty cool. They did a, a very nice job. Now, is this something you could set up on your lap, or does it have to be something on a desk? Well, the thing is, it's just a Bluetooth keyboard, so you could put your... I've actually got it on with a uh, a zero chroma case, which has a kickstand. And a lot of the time, I'll put the iPad on a table or desk and the keyboard in my lap. So, yeah, it's it's pretty flexible. The key that. is here, can you do real productive work? And I guess the problem would be for someone like you and me, track changes has to be there. If Apple doesn't add it, it's going to be a real negative. Right. Well, and worse than that, I can't do anything except a first draft because uh, anything I do after a first draft, I need that track changes for my editors. But Otherwise, I, they say, Bob, we love the fact that you've written 2,000 books over the past 25 years or so, but we need somebody who uses track changes. In word, right. They do say that. They do. Yeah. I expect they do. Every publisher I've ever worked with, it's the norm. And you have to wonder here, what is Microsoft thinking not to add key features to Office for the Mac to more support the Mac platform? And let's look at the criticisms, for example, of Office 2013. There's an Office 2013 for Windows. And other than more useless features, 
it's going to pay a very little bit of lip service to Windows 8 and Touch by when you tap a ribbon button. It's going to expand slightly so you could see it and get a better aim on it. That's the only change for Touch. That's absurd. No, I, I heard they were uh, adding bloat. Well, we have that, of course. But Office Microsoft- 2013, now with bloat. You know, it's also funny, too, about Microsoft. I know, for example, that on the Mac platform, two releases in a row, they said, well, we've got this ribbon to make your features more discoverable. Okay, I can dig that. But why do you say it for two consecutive releases? It wasn't discoverable enough the first time? I mean, it sounds like almost an excuse. Well, I think uh, what it comes down to is they really didn't know that this Windows 8 thing was going to (laughs) happen. Right, because they're in the same company. And if you heard the latest here now, they're going to call the Metro interface, that's a tiled interface of Windows 8. It's called the Windows 8 interface now. What's it be called? Modern UI is one name I've heard used. The reason they can't use Metro, by the way, is that we've mentioned this before. There is a German retail chain called Metro AG. And therefore, they can't use the name unless they somehow were to persuade this company to license it to them, which is something I would give on the chances of zero to none happening because Microsoft's not like Apple. I mean, look at the iPhone. Before Apple came out with the iPhone in 2007, there was already an iPhone product from Cisco. Nothing like a smartphone. I think it was more like a portaphone or something. So Apple calls Cisco and says, here's a check. Can we use that name? And they said, hmm, this check looks nice. And maybe they asked Apple for a nicer check. But at the end of the day, they did it. Apple even paid a company to use the name iPad, though there was some kind of legal action involved there. That was a sanitary napkin maker, from what I understand. (sighs) Ooh, that's bad. It's actually a company in China. There you go. Yes, that made sanitary napkins. Bob Levitas, tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Well, if you want stuff like that, you have to listen to Tech Night All Live. But if you want, like, troubleshooting, tech support, expert advice, go to boblevitas.com. And you can find us on Twitter. We are Tech Night Owl. Tech Night Owl at Twitter. Or go to our forums for animated discussions about everything under the tech sun at forum.technightowl.com, forum.technightowl.com. Bob Levitas, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Always a pleasure, Gene. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.